You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezrus Hashem, tonight, after somewhat of a hiatus, we're going to be starting up again with our shirim on the Baal Shem Tov. And the title of tonight's shir is going to be The Descent into Laughter. Now, in order to really contextualize what we're going to try and share tonight, we have to understand that, as we spoke about in the introductory shir, the chiddish, or the added novelty associated with the Baal Shem Tov, in contradistinction to the Arizal and the Mikubalim that preceded the Arizal, was that while the Mikubalim spoke in Shamayim, they gave the human being the Ill- ability to ascend upwards to Shamayim, to transcend this worldliness in order to enter into a space of spiritual bliss. The Chiddush of the Baal Shem Tov was to draw Shamayim down onto the Aretz was to bring down the supernal secrets of unity and all of the partsufim and the spheros and all of the different concepts that the Mikubalim spoke about and to show how they can be found within the individual themselves based on the Pasuk in Iyoiv Mebisari Echaza Eloika that from my own flesh, from my own human experience, from my own human condition, I will come to behold the Rabbi Nishalaylam. I will come to encounter those spiritual truths, those depths of Yichud within this worldliness itself. And as we spoke about in the Shiram on Ishbitz and Razin, the way that we understand Basar, the way that we understand that Pasak may Basari Echaza Eloikai, it's the guf, it's specifically the guf ha'akur, the most physicalized, materialistic aspect of our existence, that part of us that is drawn down to the Afar, that part of us that is drawn down to all sorts of distractions and distinctions and separateness and concealment and darkness. It's specifically that place, our deepest chisaron, that becomes the vessel through which we can encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So one of the animating features of the Baal Shem Tov's approach was this radical revolution wherein instead of taking the land up to Shemayim, we were drawing down Shemayim down to the land. And there was something profoundly novel about that. There was something almost funny about it, as we're going to see, because according to the theories of humor, the incongruity theory of humor states that laughter and comedy in its core is born out of a reversal of that which was expected that when our expectations are shattered and when our stable edifice of concrete knowledge is forced to crack up, the phrase that we utilize to describe language, it's uh, laughter itself, cracking up takes place when what we expected is reversed and shown to be the very opposite of what the reality is. 
Laughter is born when things are going one way, and then suddenly they reverse course and they reveal themselves to be the very opposite of what we expected them to be. That confrontation with incongruity, that confrontation with the chaos and the absurdity of our experience and the recognition that our expectations and our demands really have very little claim to what happens in reality, the only way to respond to that is going to be a deep form of laughter. And so if the Baal Shem Tov reversed course in terms of what the Mikubalim were teaching us, if the entire process before the Baal Shem Tov was to take aretz and lowliness up to supernal clarity, to escape and run away from the difficulty of this world, to run into that comforting place of transcendent spirituality, the Baal Shem Tov's demand that we encounter God down here in the trenches, that we find HaKadosh Baruch Hu down here in what Rabbi Nachman refers to in the 56th teaching as the Hastara Shabbatoycha Hastara, a concealment within concealment, or what the Baal HaTanya refers to in the 36th chapter of Tanya as the Chayshech Kaful Mechupal, a darkness that has doubled over itself, or as the Rashash refers to in his Sefer Nahar Shalom and the Bracha of Malbi Sharumim, as this world which is within the belly of the Nachash itself, as we know from Rabbi Nachman as well, or if it's like the Leshem Shabbat Achaloyma and the Eifa Shleima referred to this worldliness as Haprat Hayoter Mefurat Shayachol Aparet, the most particularized particular that we can theoretically particularize. It's specifically there in these irreducible confines of this worldliness that the Baal Shem Tov teaches us to uncover the latent potency of the infinite light as represented by the Aleph that Alufo Shal Olam. And by transforming this worldliness into the seat of a lofty Kedusha, sometimes the only way to respond is through laughter, because what the Baal Shem Tov taught us was to completely reanimate ourselves and reorient ourselves towards our conception of holiness. You think holiness is only found in the base medrash, you think holiness is only found in the Torah, but not within the human condition which gives birth to tefillah and those cries that emerge out of the depths of the chasronos. The Baal Shem Tov and his students came along to teach us that adarabah ibcha mistabra, the opposite is true. Avodas Hashem is meant to give birth to a laughter because it's specifically down here in the nether realms and the darker places of our experience that we have the capacity of transforming something into nothing, thereby revealing an even deeper novelty of the Kedusha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to show that holiness doesn't only exist above, but it exists in an even more potent way down here, which creates newness, novelty, which gives birth to laughter. Now, this idea that the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh's path is a path associated with a laughter associates very well with what we discussed as well in the first year, based on the tzaddikim and what Rav Morgenstern points out in his Maimer Darach Eitzchayim and Yam HaChachma Tavshin Ayin Aleph, as well as the Lubavitch Rebbe in Muhusov in Yana Shotaras HaChasidus. And the Piyazetz Nerebbe describes this as well in Sefer Mavisharim and the Sherish Yisrael. The Vlendiker also describes it in a very beautiful way in his Sefer Sherish Yisrael, as well as the Tzadikim of Slanim, that the Kedusha and the Or of the Balshem Tov HaKadosh is the Oro Shel Mashiach. It's a taste of the light of Mashiach. And that light of Mashiach, which stands at the ready in the future to be revealed, can be tasted nowadays as well. As we know from the Vilnagon and his Tamidim, as well as from Rav Chaim Vital in his Sefer, 
that everything that stands in the ready to be revealed in the future can be tasted from time to time in the present moment as well. In the Bechina of of being able to see your world in your days as Rabbi Nachman teaches us in Torah and as various tzaddikim teach us. And so if the Oro Shal Mashiach, which is the light of the Baal Shem Tov, gives us the ability to taste the future in the present prior to the future's arrival, that means that all of the associated factors with Mashiach can be tasted nowadays as well. And one of the defining factors of the arrival of Mashiach is the Bechina of Vatischak Leomacharon. It's the laughter of the last day, because there's a certain paradox inherent in the concept of the last day. The last day, Yom Acharon, implies a cessation of experience. It implies a limit point. It implies a time where we have reached the cliff and we no longer have any ground to run on anymore. And a person encounters a certain crossroads where there's an arrested development of sorts. But it's specifically at that Yom Acharon that gives birth to the Schaik of Mashiach, that Vatischak Yom Acharon, that laughter of the last day where we realize that everything we thought we knew is in truth the opposite, and that we'll come to realize that it's an oilam hafuch ra'isi. The way I saw this world in my lifetime is really the opposite. I thought good was bad and bad was good, but in truth, everything is reversed. That what I thought was difficult and concealed is in truth the very birthplace, the very site of encountering HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a hitherto unexpressed way. And so if the laughter of Mashiach is reserved for the future, and the Baal Shem Tov gives us a taste of the future, then a Vada person can come to say that one of the Iker Nekudos of the Baal Shem Tov's path is to allow us to laugh even in this world. As the Gemara Brachos discusses how it's usser for a person to be malis chik piv in this world. It's usser for a person to fill their mouths with laughter in this world. But then we see that the Tanayim were laughing and there's a steer in the Gemara. And the Gemara answers that I'm different. I'm able to laugh because I'm wearing tefillin. And as Rabbi Nachman describes, and Rabbi Shemaya Morgenstern points out as well in his Sefer on tefillin, tefillin are a simon of dveikus. Tefillin represent the ability of human being to bind themselves with physicality in this world, yet to allow that very side of physicality, those cowhides that are transformed into articles of kedusha, to become our very receptors for experiencing dveikus in this world. That it's not in the transcendent form of spirituality that we encounter God only, but rather it's in the very physicality of this world. It's in the very mundane reality of this world, in the tefillin of this world, which is associated with the Lashon of Nefila itself, of falling. That's where we encounter the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So even though B'derach Klal, we can't laugh in this world because laughter is reserved for the future, Nevertheless, when we wear tefillin, when we understand how to be mahapich, gashmias and teruchnias, how to allow the aretz to become a seat for shamayim, how to allow our lack to become the very site of our inherent wholeness, at that point we're able to taste that laughter that is reserved for the future, and on one of the levels that is the light of the Balshem Tov HaKadosh. Now, what we're going to see tonight is a teaching from the Besht and a teaching from his Taman Mufak, the Magad of Mezrich, describing to us on a practical level what this experience of laughter means and how this laughter is born in a person's experience. And in order to introduce ourselves to that birthplace of laughter, we're going to have to recognize, as the Baal Shem Tov points out and as the Magid points out as well, that laughter is associated always and forever with Yitzchak Avinu. Now Yitzchak Avinu, Isaac, 
is the forefather, is the Av, who seems to be the Yoitzim in Haklal. That Avram is an Ish Chesed, is an Ish Ahava, is a person of loving kindness, of expressivity, of movement outwards. Yaakov Avinu is the representation of Rachamim Rabim, of mercy and compassion and empathy, and a willingness to enter into the space of another person. But when we encounter Yitzchak Avinu, what we find is something very different. Yitzchak Avinu is representative of harsh judgment, of gevura, of gevulim, of setting limitations for oneself, as the Medrash tells us that Avram Avinu, the Ish of Chesed, when he was tying and binding Yitzchak Avinu during the Akedah, Yitzchak Avinu said, tie me tighter. I need more limitation. I need more restriction. I need more constriction and simtsumim. Because Yitzchak Avinu is that paradigm of limitation as an expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light. And what we find in Yitzchak Avinu's life is silence. We find kind of a silence experience where people push back against his digging of wells. Yitzchak doesn't fight back like Avram would. Yitzchak doesn't fight back like Yaakov would. Rather, Yitzchak says, okay, Viter, you want to cover my wells? I'm going to move on. I'm not going to make a fight. There's a certain passivity, almost a certain feminine quality, as the Orizal points out, a feminine quality that is associated with receptivity and constriction and chesronos and void and lack, which we all experience. That's the place of Yitzchak, yet. On the other hand, Yitzchak is the birthplace of laughter. Chazal tell us in Mesech Shabbos on Daflam and Chesam and Aleph that in the future, when it's time for redemption to come, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to come to Avram Avinu and say, your kids want redemption. You know, should I save them? Avram is going to say, I don't recognize these people. These are not my people anymore. Yaakov Avinu is going to say, you know, they've really messed up. I'm not responsible for that. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to Yitzchak Avinu, Yitzchak is going to say, whoa, 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 my children, these are my children, they're your children as well. And therefore, both of us have to be interested in their redemption. And at that point, when the Gula comes, the Bnei Yisrael are going to point to Yitzhak Avinu and say, Ki ata Avinu, you are our father. We're going to come to recognize that even though Yitzhak Avinu is the representation of harsh judgment and gavura and constriction and restriction and withholding, nevertheless, that very encounter with withholding and lack and all of the darkness that we encounter in this world will be the very birthplace of that transformation and that reconstitution of our perception. We'll recognize that v'nahapochu, everything is the opposite of what we thought it was. That that which was prepared to destroy us becomes the very seat of our rectification and our loneliness and our desire to connect HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even in our mundanity and our brokenness is in truth going to be revealed to be the very site of our strength. That's the Bechina of V'nahapechu that gives birth to the laughter of the future. And so the Baal Shem Tov says as follows in terms of describing this birthplace of laughter this encounter with darkness and recognizing that darkness and mundanity are the very places where we need to encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our lives, the Baal Shem Tov associates this with Yitzchak Avinu. What we're going to be reading from right now is an Akuda in Keser Shem Tov, Oislamid Zion. Meha Baal Shem Tov. Shamati inyan milsa de bedichusa koydem halimud. I heard a teaching regarding the concept of telling a joke that the Tanayim would engage in before encountering learning Torah. Because our vitality, our experience, our 
inner spiritual sense, that felt sense that we have within ourselves, our psyche, our soul, our spirit, our emotions, our heart, however you want to describe it, it runs and it returns. It surges forth towards Kedusha. It desires to leave this world, to connect to the expanses, the expanses, Merchavim, Merchavim, as Rav Kook describes, that it runs towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, yet it retreats as well in the face of the recognition that I can't move any further, that there is a dual pulsation at the heart of the spiritual experience. If it's just running forward without retreating backwards into this worldliness, then a person is missing half of the experience. But rather, as Rabbeinu, as Rabbi Nachman teaches us in Tairavav and Lakutamaran, spirituality and Kedusha is composed of a two-step dance of running and returning perpetually. The Ha'adam beside Katnas the godless. And so too, with regards to a person, we have these two states within us. We have a godless, we have expansive mindfulness, where things are going correctly, where I feel okay, where I encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Svarim, in the Torah, in Tefillah, in the Mitzvos, in Emuna, in Bitachon, in Maisim Tovim, in Chasadim, in positive thoughts, and all of the things that are associated with running forward and surging towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But there's also going to be katnus and constriction where the Svarim no longer speak to us and the words of Tefillah feel stale or our Emuna has fallen into questions of Kafira, or our Bitachon has fallen prey to anxiety where a person is not feeling strong. This movement, that ruts of a shov, that surging forward and that retreating backwards expresses itself within the human being who is an oilam katan, a small world, as katnus and, god, and godless. Greatness, expansiveness, and smallness are constriction. And again, as Rabbeinu teaches us, as Rabbi Nachman teaches us, this is not something that happens from day to day. This is something that happens a thousand times a day. And if a person finds themselves in katnus, if a person finds themselves stuck to the ground, a person finds themselves unable to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, unable to uncover that latent comfort that exists within the depths of the soul, that Menucha Sanefesh, and a person is accosted by all sides, by the fearful, frightening elements of a person's experience, in that moment, if a person wants to leave that katnus, a person wants to leave this mundanity and stuckness, it's going to be through happiness and milsa de bedichusa. It's going to take place through laughter and jokes, through bedichusa, from a joke cracking up. V'chein shamati b'shmo, and I also heard in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, Hani trebadche shahayu mepapchin sar ha'odam ayide milsa de bedichusa, v'az yochul lekarvo l'ha'aloisai k'divrei pi chacham chen. And this is what I heard as well, in the name of the Baal Shem Tov, based on the Gemara in Tainis Chaf Beza Aleph, that the Tana finds himself in the Shuk. And he asks, who here is a Ben Oilam Haba? Who here is an individual who experiences this world to be Oilam Haba? A Ben Oilam Haba doesn't mean someone who's going to merit Oilam Haba in the future. It means who is the person here who is experiencing Oilam Haba at this moment itself? 
as we know from the Zohar HaKadosh and from the Magad of Mezrich and from the Sefer Habahir and from Rabbeinu and from all of the different Sadiqim, that Alma Da'asi, the world to come, doesn't simply mean a time that stands at the ready in the future, but it's an Alma Da'asi, it's a world that is perpetually arriving at every second into our minds. That Olam Haba is something that a person can experience in this world, in the Bechina of Olam Echa seeing your world in your days. So the Gemara's question is, who here sitting in the Shuk, in this lowly place, in this broke down place of the Shuk, which represents the lower legs, Ad Shatichla Regel Men HaShuk, that lowly place of habituated experience and the mundanity and the grossness and the slowness and the drudgery of everyday life and the banality and the boredom of the shuk itself. Who here is encountering the light of Akadish Baruch Hu? Hani Tre Badche. These two comedians, these two gestures who are allowing people to laugh. Because by creating laughter within a person's life, by forcing a person to encounter incongruity, forcing a person to recognize that what you see is not necessarily the truth of what is, but rather it's an oilam hafuch ra'isi, that there's a yesh inyan shiyitapecha kol in the bechina of v'nahapechu, that there is a way of looking at the world through the lens of Yitzchak avinu, through the lens of our tzaddikim who are associated with that tzchik of la'asid lavo of v'tizchak liyom that is mahapich, something from one end of the world to another. So that what I thought was loneliness and what I thought was brokenness and what I thought was outside of the realm of Kedusha, what I thought was Artsius and Gashmius and all of those things which were outside the purview of Kedusha. And I come to realize that in truth, it's Adaraba Ibcha Mistabra, that really the opposite is true. This is where I find HaKadosh Baruch Hu more deeply. That's a Ben Oilam Haba. Someone who knows the secret of laughter, Hani Badchai, these comedians, these jesters, these individuals who know how to awaken that reversal within the soul to allow a person to crack up out of that banal casing that blocks us from feeling anything. Those are the people who enable individuals who find themselves down here to realize that they're truly rooted up there. And this is the secret of the Pasuk, the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh tells us, When it comes to the Akedah, the Pasuk tells us that Avram Avinu bought, brought his two lads, his two servants, Yishmael and Eliezer, as well as Yitzchak Beno. So the Baal Shem Tov says something incredible. Youthfulness is very often described as wastefulness. It's very often described as a time where a person is in katnas, when a person is in a constricted mindset, where a person doesn't recognize what is what, and a person finds themselves caught up in all forms of anxiety and stuckness and bewilderment and confusion and all of the different symptoms that we experience as B'nai Adam in this world. And so the question is, how is Avram Avinu going to be ma'ale shtein urav? How is the Bechina of an individual, the Neshama, Avram Avinu, going to elevate Shnei Urov, those years of brokenness and appropriateness, failure, and all of those different elements? It's through Yitzchak Beno. It's through the Bechina of laughter. Because when I learn how to laugh, when I learn how to reverse things, when I learn to recognize that what I see is most likely not the truth of the situation, but rather there's a deeper amkus to it, at that point, I'm able to elevate everything. Now, this is an idea that we already know from the Beis Yosef. 
the Magen Meisharim, the Beis Yosef of Yosef Cairo, who was close to being a student of the Arizal of, of Yitzchak of the Arizal of Rav Yitzchak Luria, but ultimately was forced to fall asleep when hearing the words of the Arizal almost as if to say that he couldn't understand the words of the Arizal, but he was capable of experiencing that makif of misunderstanding the Arizal. The Beis Yosef writes in Magid Meisharim, in the Sefer that he received from on high, from a Magid, just like the Ramchal received, that he writes as follows. He says, we see by Yitzchak Avinu something unique that we don't find by Avram Avinu. When Avimelech, when Avimelech wanted to form a treaty with Avram Avinu, he says, I see that you found wealth. I see that you're experiencing easiness in this world. I want to connect to you. But when it comes to Yitzchak Avinu, there's a different Lashon. It says, Re'ei Ra'inu, for we have seen, and there's a doubled language over there. Why is it that when it comes to Yitzchak Avinu, that Avimelech says, Re'ei Ra'inu, we have truly seen your power and your wealth and your sustainability. What's the doubled language of Re'iyah? And the Magad Me'isharim and the Saudi Yisharim brings this down as well in Parshas Toldos in the name of Rav Simcha Bunim of Pshischa, that at first glance, when we look at Avram Avinu, when we look at Chesed and Ahava, it's clear to us where the wealth comes from. It's clear to us where the Hatzlacha comes from because that's a place of growth, that's a place of expansion, that's a place of expressivity, of flowing waters, of bracha, of shefa, of chayus, of godless, of ratzah, of running towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But when we look at Yitzchak, which is the katness, which is the brokenness, which is this worldliness, which is kite, and all of the things that go bang in the night, we had to look twice in order to see the bracha. At first we looked and we didn't see it, but when we did a double take, when we looked twice, when we looked into the depth and the interiority of Gevura, that's when we came to realize that, wow, this is the place of laughter. That it's a re'e ra'inu. You have to look twice when you're looking at the sugi of Yitzchak Avinu. You have to look twice in order to realize that your first appreciation of things was simply wrong. That things are very different than what we expect them to be. And yesh inyan kol, and that's where the laughter comes from. That's where we're able to elevate ourselves out of our brokenness. There's a Maisa told about the Baal Tov HaKadosh, that on the day that the Baal Tov was born, that on the day that the Baal Tov was born, the fire of Gehenim ceased to burn. Again, Gehenim represents all of that darkness, all of that difficulty, all of that concealment, all of that hiddenness, and all of the different synonyms that we apply to our human experience and the confusion of day-to-day -day life in this world. On the day that the Baal Shem Tov was born, Gehenim stopped burning. And the story continues, but the Malachim said, there needs to be a Gehenim. There needs to be a Gehenim for those who suffer. There needs to be a Gehenim for those who don't deserve Elam Haba. So what did they do? So it says, the story goes, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu took the old Gan Eden. Kaddish Baruch Hu took the old heaven, and he drew it down into the place of Gehenim. And in the place of that old Gan Eden, there was a new light of Gan Eden that came down. Almost as if to say that the revelation of the Baal Shem Tov, the birth of the Baal Shem Tov, was the transformation of Gehenim into a Bechina of Gan Eden. Gehenim, all of those associations that we associate with darkness and concealment and he'edar and restriction and nothingness, with the Baal Shem Tov, that becomes a place of Gan Eden. That becomes a place where we encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
And the Balatanya writes, and again, we're in Shvua Shachalbo of Yudtas Kislev, of the Yitzia from the Hester, of that Tosefes Kishut that takes place after concealment, of being imprisoned, of being restricted, and only afterwards revealing that I develop a doubled intensity as a result of that constriction. When I leave that prison, like we know the teachings of the Balatanya after his imprisonment were of a much deeper level, and the way that Sadiq or Vichemeyer Morgenstern points out is that the teachings after the imprisonment were teachings that taught us about the elevated status of this worldliness in particular, the, secret, the secrets of schoik, the secrets of encountering HaKadosh Baruch and concealment itself. That the Balatanya teaches us, he says, you want to know who Hasidim are? Hasidim are neshamos who were sent to Gehenim. Hasidim are neshamos who were trapped in hell for a very long time. And in hell, there's a restriction. There's an isser on accessing spirituality. There's a chalus isser. There's a prohibition on encountering godliness in Gehenna. And when these souls leave Gehenna, when these souls leave that broken place, when these souls leave that broke down palace, when these souls leave that black muddy river, those addicts of their lives, that darkness and concealment of day-to-day -day experience, they're going to try and hop any nakuda of spirituality available to them. They're not going to be satisfied with only the Torah. They're going to be forced to encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu everywhere. So that Hasidus itself is that transformation of Gehenim itself to a force that propels us into an even deeper desire to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The next Torah that we're going to be looking at right now is going to be an Or Torah in the Kahas edition, in Rimze Torah, in Parshas Todos from the Magad of Mezrich. And it reads as follows. V'yehev Yitzchak as Esav, and Yitzchak loved Esav. Perush, what does that mean? Yitzchak hulashon tzchak v'simcha. Yitzchak comes from the language of laughter and joy. V'hu ha-ta'anug. What that means is that it's pleasure. It's an encounter of feeling HaKadosh Baruch Hu in my life, which is the birthplace of pleasure. That when I feel that Hashem is absent, it's the opposite of ta'anug. It's constriction, it's restriction, it's painful. But when I feel that HaKadosh Baruch is present in my life, that's going to be the birthplace of pleasure. But we know that Tainug to me, Tainug, that this is something we discussed in our Shiram on Ravichamaya Morgenstern Shlita, that perpetual pleasure becomes banal, it dies. That if all I experience and all I encounter is gladness and positivity and light without any restriction, after a while it's going to become boring. So Yitzchak Avinu, who is the Bechina of Schoik, is the Bechina of Simcha falls into this unconsciousness because that pleasure is so perpetual. This is why Yitzchak, who is the Shoik and Simcha, loved Esav, because Esav represents distance. Esav represents constriction. Esav represents concealment and being removed from Kedusha. And in order for laughter to truly remain laughter that doesn't die, it needs to constantly reintegrate into itself a sense of distance. If I only live in Shamayim, there's nothing funny about it. There's no birthplace of Mashiachkeit. 
There's no need for redemption. It's only down here that the Schaik is born. And therefore, true Schaik, the power of Yitzhak Avinu, loves Esav. It loves this world. It loves concealment. That Meracho Kashem Nirali. It loves the encounter of feeling distant and then coming to find that no, 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 HaKadosh Baruch Hu is really present here as well, thereby revealing the incongruity and the reversal where that which is dark is revealed to truly be light. L'chein ba Esav liyitzchak. And therefore Esav came towards Yitzchak. V'zehu v'asoli matamin. That Yitzchak asks from Esav, give me a taste. Help me learn how to feel pleasure again. That pleasure doubles itself, it potentiates itself, it intensifies itself specifically by way of the opposite of pleasure, specifically by way of concealment. And this is the secret of tshuva, which is associated with the world of Bina, which is the world of Yitzchak and Schoik and Vinahapaychu, and that world of Purim, and that place where Gevuros are Nimtak Rasham. The secret of tshuva is that the Zedoinos, that which appears to be distant from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and fallen, is in truth a schus. That, that distance and darkness that I felt, in truth, that is going to be the place where I encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu in an even deeper way. Yitzchak Avinu teaches us how to laugh. The Baal Shem Tov teaches us how to laugh, how to encounter this worldliness in such a way that even what we thought was removed from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light becomes a doubled space where we encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're creating new Yehudim. Everything about the Baal Shem Tov's derech was creating new permutations, taking the letters and forming them into new words to allow for chiddush, to encounter darkness and to transform that darkness, not to subdue the darkness, but to transform it to reveal that darkness is also the seat of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as the Baal Shem Tov teaches us by the Pasuk of the Paro Hikriv, that Paro himself came close. That means that the Ra becomes the seat of good, that our concealment in this world just intensifies our laughter, and that every moment in this worldliness, every moment of constriction gives us the opportunity to learn how to become jesters, to learn how to laugh, to learn how to laugh at the world, to learn how to laugh at what we feel is concealment, to encounter that laughter of Mashiach even before Mashiach comes. The Kamarna Rebbe writes something profound. Everything the Kamarna Rebbe writes is profound, but the Kamarna Rebbe in the first parak of the Sefer on Pirkei Avos, and Neutzer Chesed writes as follows. He says, When a person elevates fallen sparks through engaging this worldliness, through mundane labor, not Kedusha, not learning Torah, but almost the opposite of Torah, when a person encounters that, and by engaging this worldliness, by facing and being mitmoded with concealment and constriction in this world, when a person does that, their das is misrachiv. It becomes more expansive. And at that point, a person draws down something new, a new light that wasn't revealed in the Torah, a light that could only be revealed outside of the Torah, in this world, in Malacha. Like my uncle says the Kamarna, Rav Moshe of Sambor asked, He asked my other uncle, Rav Svi of Zidichav, 
that at times he goes to some sort of fair, some sort of physical labor that he needs to engage in. And when he comes back to his house and it's time to daven mincha, after davening mincha, after working all day, he encounters such a hislava, such a, an inflamement of being on fire for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he was worried that perhaps I'm making a mistake here because why should I feel so lofty, so profoundly spiritually connected and elevated, specifically after engaging in mundane behavior? And the Zidachavar answered him, Brother, do not ask this question. Because what you encountered in this world, the engagement with mundane reality, encountering those sparks, those kishutin delohave, those adornments towards perfection that have not been revealed yet, that can only be revealed by way of darkness and concealment and this worldliness with engaging in the lamentas malachos and the avoidas of the chol and the ava of esav and the constriction and the shov and the meichen dekatnus. Those elevated sparks of holiness carry you into that tefillah. And I want to say that it's tafka tefillah samincha. It's specifically tefillah samincha that this teaching could come across, which is the tefillah of Yitzchak Avinu, which is why Rav Tzadak HaKohen Melablin and Rav Yitzhak Isaac Haver point out that in the Gemara and Chagiga, as well as in the Gemara and Sukkah, when we're told that at the third hour of the day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is laughing with creation, where does the time of laughter come from? The Balatanya also points this out in Torah Or. That third hour is the time of Mincha, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu laughs with the Bechina of Yitzchak. That's where that birthplace of laughter comes from, encountering darkness and realizing that darkness is a seat of an even more intense form of Kedusha. This is what the Zohar HaKadosh refers to and what the Meshilach brings down with regards to David Malka Mashicha, David HaMelech and Neshama very much associated with concealment and darkness and this worldliness. Shalais Le'emagram had nothing of his own, was impoverished, was lost. That David Amelech the Zohar Kaddish tells us was the Barchana de Malka. He was the jester of the king. He was that person who was willing to descend into darkness, to descend into this worldliness itself with all of its concealment and constriction, and to ascend upwards back to Akadush Baruch Hu and say, Guess what? I have some news for you. I have a great joke to tell you, Akadush Baruch Hu. I was just in Yenem. I was just in Gehenna, as Rabbi Nachman tells us. This world is Gehenna. I was just down there, and guess what? I revealed you there too. And there's nothing funnier than that. That's the Bechina of Vatischak Leomacharun. That's the Bechina of the laughter that is reserved for redemption. When, as the Ramchal teaches us, we will experience Samchenu Kimoisani Sanu, that we will be gladdened as the days of our subjugation and suffering. It doesn't mean we will be gladdened because we've left suffering. It means that we will be gladdened because we'll be able to look back on our suffering and we'll be able to say that, holy cow, Adraba, Ibcha Mistabra. The opposite is true. Al-Kaddish Baruch, you were found there even more. You were found in the digging of the wells and the concealment in those acts of constriction and those moments of concealment. That's where I truly learn how to laugh. And that's the Mahalach of the Balsham Tov HaKadosh, of V'yahav Yitzchak as Esav, that Yitzchak loved Esav because Schoik and Tainug love distance. We need to encounter distance because 
we have to reveal that distance is also closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's nothing outside of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Darkness, light, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's all contained within that general purview of that profound level of unity of Lais Asar Panu Minei. And that the oiris and the kalim and light and vessels and what we feel as darkness and light are simply relative principles and ways of looking at the world. And when a person learns this, when a person learns how to recognize this, they learn how to laugh. They learn that the avoid of the Balshemtov was to transform Gehenim into Gan Eden. And this is the dance Lasid Lavo, that Machol Tzadikim, that dance when the Tzadikim are going to say, this is God who I have been yearning for all along. That laughter, that dance that takes place on the last day, that Sadikim asked the question, the Lashem asks it, the Rimenover asks it, the Ramamipano asks it, Rav Matil Zilber Shlita asks it. Where is there going to be room for such a dance? How could such a dance take place in this world? If everyone is going to come to realize where is this dance going to take place? And the answer they give is that the dance is going to take place in Gehenna. That at that point, Gehenna is going to be mishapich to Ganeiden. That darkness is going to be transformed into light and we're going to come to learn what it means that on the day that the Baal Shem Tov was born, the fire of Gehenna stopped burning and that in order for Gehenna to continue, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a to bring Olam Haba down into Gehenna so that Gehenna itself, that place of He'edar, that place of concealment, that place of Esav, simply becomes the birthplace of laughter and schreik. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.